Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. In this episode and the following episodes, we're going to share with you some stories that we've encountered at the abortion centers and some principles that we learned in those stories to help equip you. So stay tuned. All right. Well, welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, as always, we appreciate if you guys would share this podcast with your friends, with your family members, people you love, people that maybe you want to love, you know, just people share. that you want to love you because the podcast is so good. Amen. There you go. Amen. So please do share this podcast. Please reach out to us. We always encourage you guys to reach out to us with questions that you have, uh, podcast ideas, things you want us to cover. Um, But actually, we've decided that in these next couple of podcasts, now it may not be all of the next like consecutive podcasts, because if we come up with other cool ideas and things we want to cover between, uh, we we may throw those in there. But we really want to equip people that are out on the sidewalk. Right. That's the that's the focus of this gospel yeah. centered pro life podcast. Obviously, talking about pro life issues in light of the gospel, mm-hmm. but really equipping people who are out on the sidewalk at their local abortion center. And one of the things that we know from experience mm-hmm. and from hearing from other people that are out on the sidewalk is the difficulty of dealing with these hard cases. Like, yeah. what do you say in different hard cases? What do you say when a mom says? I was raped. Mm-hmm. What do you say when a mom tells you that she her baby's already dead? Yeah. Or what do you say with a woman coming to an abortion center who says uh, her parents are going to kick her out? Yeah. Things like that. They, they can be hard situations. You've yeah. encountered some of those, I know. I have, even this week, one of those. Yeah. So, Maybe, yeah. Uh, well, I would say definitely all of the above, right? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, we have to acknowledge that statistically... The things that people use to justify abortion, mm-hmm. whether it be rape, incest, the health of the mother, those are very rare to encounter mm-hmm. at the abortion center. Mm-hmm. However, if you do ministry at an abortion center long enough, mm-hmm. you will encounter those situations. You right. will encounter those hard cases, and those are the ones that can really trip people up Yeah, and really and I- make it. You know, like, what do I do? What do I say in this yeah, situation? Yeah, so it's really helpful to hear what other people, us, have said and how we have handled those situations. And we have certainly not, you'll see in this study, well, actually not so much in this study, the next study we're going to go over that sometimes we don't handle it so well. Sometimes we're put on the spot and as we rethink what we did, we decide maybe there was a better way to deal with it. And so we're hoping through our experience and our failures that we can guide you in maybe doing things a little bit better than we did. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing is not just giving you some one, two, three principles, Mm -hmm. but actually we're going to be talking through an actual story Mm -hmm. that we've been a part of, Mm -hmm. uh, that God allowed us to help a mom choose life in the midst of, or maybe sometimes not choose life. Right. And we're going to be walking through sharing that story, but not just Mm -hmm. for the sake of sharing a cool story, Mm -hmm. but sharing some of the principles that were applied or that we may even failed to apply in that situation to, to bring out a good result. Yeah. And then how we dealt with those. So we're going to be sharing principles and kind of weaving those principles in to the story. Again, an actual story that played out here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's details 
we didn't change any details really, but we did change the name. Maybe we didn't give super clarifying details right. because we didn't want to you didn't want to identify the person or anyone yeah. who might be listening to identify the person. Yeah. So, but this is a real story. This it is really a real happened. story, and it would be really cool maybe in the comment sections as you listen through this to offer what you might have done that yeah. was different, and maybe a, a lot of people can learn from each other on how this might have been handled other than how we handled it. Yeah, Or maybe absolutely. you just want to applaud us. Yeah. We'll take that, too. <laughs> well, I think, to me personally, I think even biblically, I like to learn from other people's mistakes. If you look through yeah. the Bible yeah, and you see a man like Abraham mm-hmm. who, who made some pretty major mistakes. He did. And the Lord blessed him for sure, mm-hmm. but he made mistakes. And we can learn from Abraham's mistakes. Mm-hmm. We can learn from... Uh, Moses' mistakes, mm-hmm. things that he didn't do quite right. We can learn, of course, from people's successes, but we can also right. learn from their failures, and we can learn mm-hmm. from our own successes and failures. Um, I think that's a biblical principle. Yeah. And so we want you guys to learn from some of our failures and even some of our successes. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be sharing yeah. in, in this story. Yeah. So in this story, we, we changed her name. We're going to call her Kara. Okay. And she, I'm going to set the scene. For you first. Okay. So this this happened some years ago. So my, my memory actually is fuzzy on some of the details, but the important details are, are, are accurate. Yeah. So she came early to the abortion center long before it opened. And actually, even before most of our team was there, there was only one team member there um, at the time when she pulled into the parking lot that that was Elijah, one of yeah. one of our men, and Elijah waved to her, offered help as they're pulling in, and she pulled her car over to him in tears. First of all, she parked and then came to him in tears, and um, she told me later, as I was talking with her, she said that she instantly noticed his high top Converse sneakers and smiled okay. despite her tears and her deep sorrow. Because she said he looked so young, and these are her words, so dorky, but <laughs> kind. She could tell, and you'd soon, anyone who knows Elijah, you know right away, he's a kind and godly man. And so she knows. He's kind of she, dorky, too. He did. <laughs> <laughs> we love Elijah. Sure, sure. Anyway, so that's, that's kind of the scene. All right. So what are the, the the most important points we can get just right off the bat Yeah. from, from what's going on? Well, I mean, the first point is um, be dorky. That's the first point. <laughs> but uh, kind. Yeah, be kind. Uh, well, one of the principles is, um, and of course, you wrote an article going through this. Right. So that's yeah. kind of the yeah. framework. Which we are going to post uh, yep. along with this. So yeah. that's the framework that we're going through yeah. is to be available. Mm-hmm. If Elijah wasn't there. Yeah then she wouldn't have had the, the witness of a Christian standing out in front of the abortion center. So that's one of the, f- the first keys. I mean, listen, you, you're not going to have situations that you encounter where you're going to have to deal with hard cases if you're not out there. So yeah. show up, be yeah. out there. That's like yeah. three-quarters of the battle is just showing up and, and being out there right. on the sidewalk. Right. Somebody has to be out there to give these babies a voice. And it's not just a... Um, it's not a ministry of really enjoyment, right? I don't, yeah. We don't enjoy being out there. I mean, in a yeah. sense, we do, right? I enjoy being out there, but I don't enjoy being out there. You know the yeah. battle? Well, you know we what I'm talking we, about? Definitely. We enjoy being there in obedience to God, but what we are going to encounter is heartbreaking yeah. and and hard. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, uh, so you, you have to show up, and I, I think a corollary to just showing up is make sure you show up on time. Yeah. When you're going to bear the most fruit, for example, uh, the abortion center where this happened opens the doors 
as early as nine o'clock, certainly on Mondays. And women are sometimes lining up at a quarter to nine. Well, if no one's there, like Elijah was, when she arrived, he might have missed that golden opportunity to call out to her, and she might not have come back out yeah. once she had gone in. So show up and show up on time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And just a practical point with that, find out what time your local abortion center opens right. up. A lot of folks yeah. don't even know. They might know where the abortion center is, but don't know when time or what time it opens up. You can find that typically on their website, yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Google it. You'll find it. Yeah. And then try to be there earlier than they open up. Mm. Those can be, actually, in my experience, is some of the most fruitful the times. The most fruitful time. That's why I do it. Yeah. There's I agree. not a lot of activity out there on the sidewalk. Um, even not a lot of abortion patients in the um, parking lot. And so people are more apt to come and talk to you. I'll tell you also, I think there is the highest level of conflict sometimes when they first pull up. Okay. Because so many women truly don't want to be there, but they, they feel they have no other choice. So as they're getting out of the car and they're seeing someone already calling out about, hey, there's another choice. This isn't a good idea. Your baby's precious before God. It, I think it, their already heightened sense of conflict can sometimes be taken over the edge, and then they'll go in and, and it will percolate yeah. in, their, in their heart. So you're sowing the seeds as early as you possibly can. As early as can. possible, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. what happened in this situation with Elijah being there early. Right. No one was there. Even the mobile unit wasn't there yet. Right. And yet he was there. He, uh, thankfully, Kara came over and talked to him. Yeah. And uh, he was able to, to ultimately, when the mobile unit did come, to get her to go on board the mobile yeah. unit. Yeah, but don't get ahead of the story. I won't get ahead of the story. <laughs> okay, so the next the next part of the story, she came over to him, and he asked her if she was here for an abortion. And she admitted that she was, but said that she had no choice. And so he began asking questions. She was in an abusive relationship. The father was going to be going to jail. Yeah. Uh, but she knew that custody of her children would be partially his if yeah. she didn't kill the uh, the baby. So she she knew that also he wasn't going to be there. She was going to have to raise the baby alone. And she also knew that if she had the baby, she was binding herself basically for the next 18 years to a man that she really knew now, I need to get rid of. I need to get out of this relationship. Yeah. Those are serious. Yeah. Those yeah, are serious absolutely. issues, but they help us then to kind of talk about our next major principle. Yeah. And that is determine the situation. Yeah. You got to ask questions. If a mom stops to talk to you, it's good to try to figure out why she's there. Yeah. And then, you know, one of the things that, that we teach our folks here locally is don't beat around the bush. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about the weather. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you can get somebody to come over and talk to you that's milling around in the parking lot. You can talk about the weather. But a mom who stops to talk to you, right. whether in her vehicle or just you know walking up to the abortion center, get right to it. Are you mm -hmm. here for an abortion? And then try to figure out. That's one of the things I want to get right to. What brings you here? What makes you feel like abortion is an option for you? Yeah. So determining the situation is key because you can't employ any of the other things. First and foremost, if you aren't there, like we talked about mm -hmm. in that first principle, mm -hmm. but then if you don't know why they're there. Right. And so determine the situation. Yeah. Um, I have an example of when someone didn't do that. Elijah did a good job of doing that. He knew, he found out really all the key elements. Uh, this morning, someone who is not with us but is a pro-life person out on the sidewalk did have a car stop for him, and he just started talking. 
just going on and on and on basically about God, which is, you know, I'm not belittling that I, you should talk about God. But then the car pulled away and I asked, tell me about the situation. Well, he knew nothing. Yeah. So we had nothing to go on because he had talked without asking questions. So I think asking questions, find out the situation yeah. Is, yeah. is really a key point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So then Elisha said, look, we can help you. And Elijah was, I don't know how new he was, somewhat new. He was new. pretty new at He that was point, pretty yeah. new at that point because it was a few years ago. And he honestly, what's going through his head is, I don't know what to do. But he said, we can help you. And he literally said this to her. I'm not sure how we can help you, but I know someone who does know. Yeah. And, um, and so he has her wait and he... Um, and he called me. Yeah. So um, so we have a couple of principles then. Yeah. That well, a scripture that comes to mind for this particular principle, which is trust that with God, there is help available. Yeah. Is uh, Psalm 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Yeah. God does have help, resources available for these women. Of course, spiritually, He's offered them salvation through Jesus Christ and what he accomplished in his death, burial, and resurrection. But also there's practical help. Right. And I know for me personally, I know you'll you'll bear witness with this, even though right away in every situation, maybe we don't necessarily have a resource in mind to meet whatever mm -hmm. needs they have. We know that there is something and that we can dig for that resource. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been able to find, I mean, there are so many resources that are available here in Charlotte, so many ministries and organizations that will meet these women's needs that I can say with confidence, though we can't help you with every possible aspect of every situation, we can help you in some measure with whatever situation that you're facing. Right, and if we don't know, we're going to find who can yeah. help you, which is which is indeed what, what he did. Um, and I didn't um, really know how to help in some of those situations. But I instantly got on my computer yeah. and started Googling domestic violence, uh, lawyers that could could help for pro bono. I knew she didn't have a lot of money. And, and so I gathered all of that information. And while I'm home gathering this information, the RV does show up. Yeah, uh, That's our mobile ultrasound unit through Help Pregnancy Center. And the woman counselor that, that would be able to go on the RV with Kara also showed up. Our nurse was still not there, but right away what we knew, what Angela was the counselor, and Angela knew, get this mom to a place of safety, onto that RV, away from the pull of the abortion center. Yeah. And Angela sat her down and started talking with her. Yeah. So that leads to kind of the next principle. Yeah. Yeah, and the principle is something we talked about in a podcast months ago. You remember our podcast about the unity of the body yeah. and just the yeah. different pieces of uh, the body of Christ working together in unity. But in particular, with your team and with people who are around you, people that you know, people in your church that you can utilize using mm -hmm. team members Maybe you don't know what the answer is, and it seems like here in Charlotte, everybody thinks that Vicky is the resource for everything, and <laughs> she actually is. She has a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience in connecting moms with resources, yeah. and so people utilize you a lot of times. Yeah. They utilize me, which is mm -hmm. fine, 
Angela is also another great resource, mm-hmm. another person that we can get on the phone with and say, hey, Angela, we have a mom in this particular situation. Can be, can you dig for resources right. here? Right. Even if there are people that, I mean, I know Elijah, he said, as we were just talking earlier before we started recording this podcast, his wife is available. She's right. pregnant with twins. and Waiting and, for the phone to and, ring. And, and, and she's let me waiting help. for the phone mm-hmm. to ring. So maybe even having yeah. people, getting people to volunteer who maybe – Maybe they can't be on the sidewalk for whatever reason. Maybe they're yeah. a homeschool mom with four or five kids, and mm-hmm. they can't be out there on the sidewalk or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but maybe they could be available right. to, to get on the phone, to you call them up and say, hey, I need you to search for housing resources right away. I need you to yeah. search for um, adoption resources. If you don't have those things, those resources already compiled, you can have that person do those things for you. Utilizing uh, your team or you, building a team and then utilizing that team right. is also very helpful. Right. Yeah. And so we kind of combined okay. a, a section. So using the team members, but also that be prepared to offer resources yeah. is is one of the um, other principles with that. Use the team members. And then if you don't have resources, and you kind of touched on this, develop them. Yeah. And that's why I do have a lot of resources kind of at my fingertips is I was I did develop a general resource list for our ministry. I I developed off of what someone else had already started, but then added things. So we do have a good size list, but did it through Google. Yeah. So it, yeah, it Google, didn't take any special genius. Google is a tremendous resource. It really is. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure the CEO of Google and the higher ups in Google would not appreciate how we use Google in such an effective right, way. Right. I'm not sure that they're pro life. I don't but. think they're pro life. I think they're pretty pro abortion. Yeah. But we use Google all the time to dig for new resources, and we find stuff all the time. There there's stuff here in Charlotte, but there's stuff beyond. I know. At one point, we had uh, maybe we'll share that story at some mm. point. We had a mother who came who was a drug addict who was pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And we got on Google, I believe you did or somebody mm-hmm. did, got on Google and found that there was actually a maternity home that takes mothers who were addicted. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know about it. No. And how did we find it? Yeah, by we Googling. Found it by Googling. By Googling. It. I put in the, the keywords. Yeah. And so, yeah, knowing the resources and, and kind of another part of what Angela did was. She really helped to calm Kara down and let her know, this is not what your whole next, you know, 20 years of your life is going to be. What you're experiencing right now is not forever. Yeah. And to remind them the situation, the fears, that it, it's going to change. This is not permanent. What yeah. you're facing right now is not permanent. Yeah. Because they do feel like it's forever. When yeah. you're in crisis, oh, it feels like it will never change. The sense of crisis will never, ever change. Yeah. So so, th- so while um, Angela's trying to calm her down, the nurse arrives. And in order to do the ultrasound on the help mobile unit, you have to have the nurse. So the, yeah, the nurse ar- arrives and goes over the medical uh, history and takes her back to look at her baby. And what turned out to be babies. Yeah. We don't quite remember. Again, this was a few years ago, whether she already knew she was having twins or whether it was revealed to her on the RV. I I honestly just don't remember. But anyway about it, she was having twins and they were clear on, on that ultrasound. And when she saw those babies, that begins to change everything. Yeah. Which leads to, if you're able another very important principle. Yeah. 
It's uh, connect them with their baby. Show them their yeah. baby as soon as possible. Right. I don't believe that ultrasound is the only tool, but ultrasound is a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it is a window into the womb. It is. And if you can connect that mother with her baby, she's already connected. You know, the Lord has already given her that baby, and literally that baby is connected to her. Yeah. But if you can connect her uh, mentally and emotionally with that child and visually with that baby, that is a powerful way to help her to choose life. So as soon as possible, we thankfully have that mobile unit with Help Pregnancy Center. They're an awesome partner. There's uh, ministries like them that bring their mobile units to uh, the abortion clinics, and maybe you can partner with them. Maybe that's already there, and I encourage you to build a good relationship with them if you're able to do that. But maybe you don't have that. Maybe there's a pregnancy center next door. Maybe there's a pregnancy center 15 minutes down the road from the abortion center. We have um, sidewalk missionaries in New York who have been accustomed to, if a mom is there, they don't have a mobile unit parked right there, but if a mom is there at the abortion center and she wants a free ultrasound, they'll get her to go into the car with them if they're willing to. And these women are typically coming in New York. They're coming from uh, public transportation, so they don't have Mm -hmm. a vehicle there to, hey, Mm -hmm. follow me. So they'll, they'll hop in the car with them. They'll drive the young lady over to the uh, appointment. They'll call them up ahead of time, yeah. drive them to the appointment to get a free ultrasound, even wait on them, drive them home, and uh, get them away from the abortion center yeah, as that's soon really as possible important. And, and get and them I, to see their baby. And the ultrasound does dispel the the myth that, yeah. that this is just a clump of cells. But even I discovered something again in my past few days of counseling, a teen I'm counseling, where she refused to go to the ultrasound. Um, to go see her child because she knew she would bond with the child. So I sent her a video of a child a little bit older than her baby in the womb and said, look at this. This is a mom I just counseled a few days ago. And when she saw that, that was one of the turning points for her because she said, oh my goodness, this is actually a baby. And and it really occurred to her, maybe for the first time, that the pro-choice lies that she had bought were just that, were lies. This was a baby in the womb. And um, if you, so if you have no access or they refuse an ultrasound, have a video of an ultrasound, use the C-Baby, S-E-E Baby. It's a free app. It shows the baby in an ultrasound at every week of development all the way. It's not necessarily a pro-life App it's either, not. Is it? It's not. It's just a, a scientific um, app that shows the development of a baby yep. through every week of life from zero to forty, and that those can be really, really helpful. So, um, so while then Angela is on the RV with Kara, she starts talking about the baby shower that we provide, that we'll provide two years for the twins' needs. We talked about the mentorship program we could provide. We also talked about placing the twins in the arms of a a loving, adoptive family. And the reason Angela brought that up is because Kara brought it up. Kara said she was in really no place about to divorce this abusive husband on his way to prison. And she just, without a job, there were a lot of things going on in her life. And she said, I don't, I don't know how I can parent. And so we began to explore, Angela began to explore the option of adoption with her. So that kind of leads to our, our next major principle in a situation where this woman has really some pretty significant needs. Yeah. Yeah, and that point is solidify that choice, that yeah. choice for life. Yeah. Because you've connected them with their baby, you've shared with them resources. 
by arranging appointments and showers to look right. forward to. So yeah. give them because that's how the abortion clinic does it. And it I'm not does. saying we copy the the yeah. world's ways or anything like that, but the abortion clinic tries to get them locked into an appointment right mm-hmm. away, follows up with them, calls them, hey. Your appointment is in such and such day at such and such a time. Right. We've even had women who have chosen life who left the abortion clinic, and the abortion clinic calls them up later on in the day and say, hey, you missed your appointment, but we can set up another appointment for you. They want to get them locked into an appointment. Well, we can use that same method and get them set up with an appointment for a baby shower. Let's say you have a local church that's willing to do a baby shower. Figure that out as quick as you can with that local church and put it down on the calendar with her right there if you can do it. Maybe right. your church is, is fully on board with being out there on the sidewalk, and you know your church on a Saturday afternoon would be willing to do it. Look on your calendar right there on the RV or right there on the sidewalk and say, okay, so can we pin your, your such and such along? So uh, we probably could do a baby shower for you uh, this many months, mm-hmm. and so let's pin it down on the calendar this Saturday. Now, that date may change or whatever, but if you can pin that date down, really what you're doing is giving them something to look forward to. That can be really helpful. If yeah. uh, maybe you're maybe you don't have again a mobile unit, maybe it's a pregnancy center that's down the road, and maybe they're not open that day. Some of them aren't open, unfortunately, on Saturdays. Maybe you can call up and get an appointment. A lot of these places, these pregnancy centers that are not open on Saturdays, still can make appointments and things like that. They'll right. have an appointment line. Get her an appointment. Yeah. Get her a follow up appointment. Like on at help uh, with their mobile unit, we mm-hmm. try to get them a follow up appointment mm-hmm. beyond the mobile unit and the initial appointment. Get them a follow up appointment in a couple of weeks to follow up to keep them in the loop, to give them something to look forward to, and to give them really a vision for the future and what God wants to do in their lives. Yeah, and they're they're so hesitant to cancel an appointment. I have yeah. had women agree with everything I've said when they've stopped and say, yeah, this is a baby. No, I don't want to do it. Uh, and they've come on the RV maybe and seen the baby, but they'll they'll be so concerned that they haven't canceled their appointment yeah. at the abortion center. Yeah. So they're, it's kind of funny, but I see that a lot. So giving them an appointment that uh, solidifies life rather than death, yeah, like the, the abortion point appointment. So Angela and I both followed up with Kara for several weeks, particularly the most critical time is in that the first couple of days, but we, we both stayed in touch with her. At this time in the history of Love Life, I don't think they had yet started or the mentorship program was just starting. And that's the ministry that we've now merged with, which does provide mentorship programs for these women who is going to do, the mentor is the one that is going to link them with the resources, has the backing of the church, is going to do the baby shower, is going to disciple and share the gospel. But we didn't have that yet. And so Angela and I were the ones that that did that follow-up. And during that time, we connected her with the Brick and Mortar Help Pregnancy Resource Center, which provides all kinds of classes and things for for moms that are vulnerable. But then we also found through Love Life, a family that was going to adopt both the wow. twins yeah. that Kara loved. She loved the family. She was, and she was feeling good about, she was going to bring these twins to birth and then place them in the arms of this wonderful other family. And that leads to another very important principle. Yeah. This is a discipleship opportunity. It sure when a is. mom chooses life, yeah. this is an opportunity for us to disciple her. God wants to break that cycle that's in their life, that cycle yeah. of sin that leads them to the abortion center. That happens through the power of the gospel and through discipleship. Yeah. So yeah. 
discipleship is important, sowing into their lives, mentorship, all that's important, and then following up with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that we say is that these women have oftentimes in their lives been betrayed. They've been given promises or made promises that people didn't keep. There's been a lot of betrayal. We don't want to be a part of that. So we want to follow up, and we want to do what we said we were going to do. If we said we're going to connect them with resources, if we said we're going to call them tomorrow, um, then call them tomorrow. If we say a lot of times what what you do here locally Mm -hmm. and what most of our counselors do is if they encounter a mom on the sidewalk that chooses life, Mm -hmm. they actually follow up with her that day, right? right. Later yep. on that afternoon. Yep. And most people in this day and age like a text instead yeah. of a call. And it's so very we'll non-intrusive. It's easy yeah. to do with a text. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think staying in contact for the next couple of days is really important. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Yeah. How, how are you? There, there's some things I can pray with you about. Yeah. Things like that yeah. are really helpful. Maybe even reminding them of their appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, we did make an appointment at that pregnancy center mm-hmm. down the road. Um you know, just want to remind you of that not being, you know, you don't want to be too intrusive. You're not trying to dig in their business and you're not trying to be, um, you know, trying to be pushy or anything like right. that, but just right. in a concerning way, follow up with them yeah. and encourage them. Yeah. One of the things I want to mention that I intended to mention uh, in the couple of previous points when we talked about the pregnancy centers and things like that, just a okay. practical point for you guys. Uh-huh. If there is a pregnancy center down the road, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, Make out a map of that pregnancy center. Do it on like a little card or something like that. And then on that little card, I mean, you can do stuff on Vistaprint really cheap nowadays. You can use, I use an app online called Canva where you can create stuff real easily. You can make out a map of where that pregnancy center is from the abortion center. And maybe even on that, write the appointment time and date if you had, if you made an appointment. If they're yeah. going to go and they're not going to jump in the car with you mm-hmm. and you're going to drive them there and they're not going to follow you there, but they're going to go themselves. Go ahead and call ahead. That's an important yeah. thing that I, I did want to mention so we didn't miss that yeah. point. But follow-up yeah. is really important. Discipleship is really important. And the follow-up really is discipleship. Because mm-hmm. what you do, I think, is really awesome, Vicky. is you follow up with them, and you've got women that you followed up with for, I mean, what, five, years. six, seven right. years. Yeah. Yeah. That you send an email out to them every morning with a different right. scripture, and it's right. just a way of discipleship. And yeah. you get... Some responses. Oh, from I get time responses time. all the time, and if it's if it's someone like sadly last night, um, actually early early this morning, I got the text from someone who is currently miscarrying, wow. one of those moms that I follow, and <clears throat> she said that she was not up to talking and that I would not hear from her today. To- totally understand that, but I, um, as I was doing my morning, figuring out which scripture to send, I really thought and prayed about her. Yeah. And and I made it specific to her situation, though it was something that would benefit anyone reading it. But because she, of all of them, I know was going through a really rough time, I really tailored what I sent out this morning to her. And I was going to say in terms of the follow-up, uh, it should be relational and uh reminding and painting vision, but I do believe what always it should include a reference to God in some way, a, re, a, a reminder of why we're choosing life from a the bigger picture, yeah. the biblical standpoint, God's lens of why choosing life is so valuable, so important. So, um, so follow up. 
So, so we did. Angela and I both stayed in touch. There were many struggles. The struggles continued. Folks, you, when they choose life, it's really just the beginning. We yeah. are not here to lie to them and say that your life is going to automatically change. It doesn't. Right. And, and you don't want to set them up for failure and anger at God by making that false promise. Yeah. In most cases, that is not what happens. But um, her, she had a really rough relationship with her mother in particular, and I was able to actually call her mother. I honestly don't remember all the circumstances about how that came about, but I know that there was some nasty stuff going on with the mom. And I felt that the only way that Kara was going to be nurtured and remain firm in her choice for life was if I could somehow help smooth the relationship with her mother. Yeah. And I did. And, and it, it did help. And so that leads to another, you can't always do this, but it is another principle if you're able to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If you're able to address um, the circumstances in their environment and, and the things that are going on in their life, when a woman leaves the abortion center having chosen life, she's still going back to the same environment, right? the same family situation, the same marriage situation, the same situation with her parents or, or with whoever, with her boyfriend or whatever. And so if you can address those issues and you can take care of those things, because if the devil will have his way, obviously she would kill her baby. And when she goes back into that same situation that led her to that place, the devil's going to still try to use those same things, those same influences to be able to get her to go back to the abortion center. We've had women, and I think we did share on a podcast um, some time ago about a young lady who came like five, four or five different times to the abortion center to abort. Yeah. And you can't always do this, of course. You can't get a hold of the mom like you did in Kara's situation or the husband or whatever. Yeah. But if it's possible, and you can even talk to the family members. Now, that's getting a little bold, right? Dealing with the mom who's pressuring her to abort. But if the Lord opens up that door, do it. I've talked to dads. I've Mm -hmm. talked to young men that are pressuring their girlfriend to have an abortion and uh, been able to help talk them down from being a jerk and, and pressuring her to have the abortion. I've had lunch. I remember one young man that I went and had lunch with him. His mm-hmm. girlfriend had come to the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. He was not really pressuring her to have the abortion, but he was really apathetic toward the abortion, and he could yeah. care less. And so I was able to have lunch with him, and the Lord set that whole thing up. I got yeah. his phone number actually from her after she had chosen life, had lunch with him, really drilled into him as much as I could some biblical truth about manhood, mm-hmm. about being a father, being what God has called him to be as a father. And was really addressing those um, environmental situations in her life. And it made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know for how long, but he definitely stepped up to the plate, uh, to at least to some degree. I I remember that situation. Uh, Frequently, you will encounter teens or, or young people who are terrified of telling their mother. And we always offer, we're happy to tell her with you, either on a call or we'll come visit and we'll... We'll talk with your mom with you. And that sometimes gives those teens or young people the courage yeah. to choose life because they know they've got an ally yeah. that's going to go and talk with their mom. I know we had one situation with a brother who used to be out here. He's actually since moved. Him and his wife have moved to Tennessee, Tom mm-hmm. and Carolyn. Okay, yeah. An awesome yeah. couple. Yeah, they are. Um, older couple. Yeah. And they're grandparents at this point. Right. But just godly people. And there was a young lady that came to the abortion center here on Latrobe Drive. 
And her main fear was telling her parents right. about yeah. the fact that she was pregnant. She yep. came on board the mobile unit. She chose life. She didn't want to have the abortion, but she was afraid of her parents and what yep. they would say. And so Tom and Carolyn said, hey, we'll follow you home and we'll share it with your mom and with your dad. We'll do it. And they actually did. And they they went that day. Okay. And yeah. I think she lived like an hour and a half, two hours away. Wow. And uh, they sat down with her parents, talked from, because Tom is a pastor, and so he talked from yeah. a, a pastoral perspective. And they're actually still friends with that mom and with um, her mother, that young lady that chose life, and with the mother oh. and the father. To this day, from my understanding, they wow. still keep in touch from time wow. to time. Yeah. And th- I mean, that is going the extra mile, but it truly can make the difference. It often is the deciding factor, especially with teens. Yeah. They're afraid to tell their moms. Life or death hinges on what's going to give them the courage to tell their mom. Yeah. So really, really important um, principle. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to encourage you guys because we're sharing maybe some some stuff like some of you guys are just brand new. Some of you are maybe not even on the sidewalk and maybe you're getting afraid like, oh, I can't be in, involved in all of this. Neither could we. Right. I'm just telling you yeah. from yeah. just our natural mindsets and perspective, I could never be involved in these situations. Yeah. God is not invested in keeping you in your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. God is invested in making you more like Jesus. And a lot of times that's you getting out of your comfort zone. God's not going to put you in a situation that he can't handle through you. Right. You've got to trust the Lord in all of these things. You've got to trust the Lord that he's going to give you the words to say. We'll give you some principles, right? We're giving you some principles. We can never tell you everything to say just right. God will give you what to say. God will give you the how to say what you need to say in the moment. You've got to trust Him. That's why it's so important that you need to be walking with the Lord when you're out there on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. And... You may not have to do all this your no, first time quite out like there. Quite likely you won't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it I think God is so gracious in bringing you gradually to the place that you need to be to be able to be yeah. you know as as effective as possible. He will he will guide you. Yeah. He'll lead you along the way and he Absolutely. doesn't do it all at once. Just like through the promised land. He didn't take them in one day or it was yeah. only supposed to take really 5 days, 10 days, something like that. It took him 40 years yeah. because he does lead us at our pace, at our ability to move forward, but he does try to move us forward. So that's a really great principle. So next, um, we had shared the gospel. Kara did submit her life to Jesus. Whenever that happens, that is monumental. Yeah. Because that is going to, you can keep going back. When they waver, and they will, even Kara did, and it happens, in my experience, Almost every time, once there's been a choice for life, there is still wavering back and forth. And when they do, if they're honest and tell you, which some of them do, especially the ones who have committed their life to the Lord, then you can say, but wait, you've just committed your life to Jesus. Jesus himself says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Do you think that God would now have you, well, ever, but especially now, kill your baby? And, and you've got that kind of extra push to yeah. know, be firm in the commitment you just made. So she's growing leaps and bounds in the Lord. She appeared to be. She was just on fire yeah. for Jesus. So and what we're talking about now, this is kind of after the encounter at the abortion center. She's chosen life. 
you've followed up, you've discipled, she's been connected with appointments and things like that. And, and Angela as well. Yeah. It wasn't just me. And she's being mentored and being discipled. Right. right. So she's solid. She's walking with the Lord. Right. She's, yeah. Things are going well in her life and her walk with the Lord. Her situation's still not a bed of roses, it's but there's It's beginning struggles. to change, though. The abusive husband was out of the picture. Now, I think okay. he was in jail at, at that point. So, so he's out of the picture. She had started the adoption process, and that is all lined up and ready to go. And it looks like she's on a great path, and she is loving God and so excited about what God has done. And she's falling in love with the twins. At this point, she is still planning to place them for adoption, but she loved them. And then tragedy strikes. And don't be surprised if if tragedy does strike. Like I just described today, there's a mom who chose life, and then she's miscarrying it does happen. Yeah. And so what happened with Kara is the twins came early and too early. I believe it was 24 weeks, might have even been only 23. And they did, one hung on a little bit longer than the other, but both of them did ultimately within, I think it was only a few days, they did both die. And that was just devastating. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of things to think about what has happened here. One, this is a woman who thought about killing the babies, chooses life, chooses God, and one way of looking at what happened, I'm not saying this is right, don't get me wrong, but one way that often happens is, why did you do that to me, God? I made the right choice. How could you take them from me now? Yeah. It is such a common response. We need to know it's going to probably be the response and be ready to deal with that. But for Kara, she went into a deep tailspin, deep, deep depression, wondered where was God. She had done everything right. Why had God abandoned her? How could God allow this to happen? And it spiraled down so far that she herself ended up in jail. And I'm not going to go into the specifics because I don't want to identify her, but that leads to, again, another really important principle. Yeah. Yeah, And that principle is don't neglect sharing the gospel. And even though, unfortunately, even after her submitting her life to Jesus, and it it seemed legit, right? I mean, it was not just playing around. It wasn't no, just her checking no, some box. It wasn't no, just her right. you know, saying the sinner's prayer. She submitted yeah. her life to Jesus. And there were changes. I mean, yeah. there were life changes that we were seeing. She was truly growing in the Lord from yeah. every indication. Yeah. And then, of course, tragedy struck, like yeah. for many of you listening. Yeah. And myself included and yourself included. Yeah. We've had tragedy yeah. strike and we've made bad decisions. We've sinned. And uh, even as believers, believers do sin from time to time, guys, yeah. it happens, and yeah. that happened to her. And yet still, because the gospel was shared with her, there was still that seed of the gospel that remained in her heart. There was still right. that truth of God's word and the fact that she surrendered her life to Jesus. She made a commitment to the Lord, and he made a commitment to her. Yeah. And so she was grounded in some way, even though the ground was shaky under her, um, the ground of the gospel was not shaken. And she may not have at that point in her life recognized that God was still there for her, but I love how you said that. That seed had been planted. It had taken root. And surprisingly, over the next few months, 
She, I don't, I think she was put on some sort of house arrest. So she, I don't think she was in jail long. I don't really remember that part, but she remained in touch with me. She contacted me through Facebook. She was on my email list that, you know, I send out every morning. So she was getting daily Bible verses from me and we would check in with each other every few months. I didn't know a lot of what was going on in her life, but every so often she'd pop up in my Facebook news feed or she'd answer one of my Bible texts. And I knew that she was working. She had friends. She was rebuilding her life. There were some things I saw that concerned me, but she was, before that disaster struck, she was a baby Christian. So I wasn't surprised yeah. that she wasn't a mature believer with with evident fruit in every area of her life. But um, this Christmas, I received a text from her, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that to yeah. you. Hey, Vicki, three years ago, I lost two babies. And this year on Christmas Eve, God has gifted me with an amazing husband that loves me and treats me well. My first home and a new baby on the way. I think about you often and all of you, and I'm so grateful for everything you do. You all changed my life more than you could ever know. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Amen. Yeah. So that leads to another really important principle. Yeah. Stay connected. Stay connected. Stay connected with these moms. Yeah, absolutely. And some of these women that maybe you want to stay connected with, maybe they don't want to stay connected with you. And, um, you know, you don't want to be annoying. You don't want to be a pest to them. But, I would, every once in a while, if you can, shoot them over an email. I know mm-hmm. you stay connected with all of these moms that will allow you to, unless right. they block your email, right? Yeah. And uh, they're able to reach back out to you. It's three years later, she reaches back out to you with this encouraging word. With just, so, and it was yeah. an encouragement to all of us. She was very careful to say you all. Yeah. She knew it was not me. It was not, it. There, we had a whole team of people, and she just was, um, she was so grateful. So I responded just tearfully and joyfully and and asked her some questions about what had transpired over those three years. She said that she had actually tried to follow God. She had tailspinned. Then she had tried to follow God and had come full circle. She came around to, to a point where she understood his timing and provision was perfect. He was always there as he was rebuilding her life from that just bottom pit low. She could see miracles in retrospect. Yeah. She, As she's going through it, she could not. All she could see was the pain. But she's rebuilding her life. She sees God guiding her, and she used the word refining her, even with the death of her twins. Wow. I don't think she was saying God took the twins, but that he used that to refine and prepare her for just what he had in store for her, that yeah. his plan and purpose was ultimately perfectly enacted, revealed, and and the faith that she had come to when she met us had kindled and grown, even in the midst of all of that backsliding and despair. And that's so important because we sometimes give up on them. Yeah. Too, because yeah. we think, look at how far they've fallen from where we gave them everything. What are they? What are they doing? Falling back into that slimy pit they came from? That's not the end of the story. Yeah, yeah, and that leads us to the next principle as we uh, start wrapping this thing up. Yeah, is never give up. Yeah, just because yeah. A, a mom that you've connected with, or even you've poured into on the sidewalk, and she walks into the abortion center, 
never give up. It's not our job to change their hearts. It's not our job. We're, we're supposed to disciple those who turn to the Lord, and it is our job to disciple them and to sow the Word of God into them as much as we're able to, but we literally can't change their hearts and make them do the right thing. But we should never give up. Never give up hope for these moms. Never give up hope that that baby can be saved. That woman has walked into that abortion center, and you're tempted to just say, well, she's had the abortion. We've had so many testimonies of women that have chosen life after they talked to us, they went into the abortion center, and then they left, not having told us that they chose life. And so situations like that just encourage me. Situations like her situation, where she follows up with you three years later. Never give up. Never yeah. feel like a failure just because it didn't turn out like you thought it would or yeah. like you thought it should. Yeah, because we were all devastated. So after she shared all of that with me, I asked her if she remembered Elijah. And she would. she said, of course, she would never forget Elijah, very, very important yeah. man in her life. And I hesitated to tell her what was new with Elijah because I didn't want to bring her pain. But Elijah, he has a 10-month-old baby and his wife is pregnant with twins. Yeah. And I thought, oh, should I tell her that? And in the end, I, I felt like I, I should. So I, I told her and, and she said, oh, Kara said, tell him congratulations. I bet he is a great dad. So if there was any sorrow over the sad memory of her twin, she didn't express it. She just expressed joy for Elijah. And now that she realized God had always been with her and had always been guiding her, she didn't have any bitterness. She didn't, at least she certainly didn't express it. And, um, and he knew what was best and she trusted him. And, um, and I told her Elijah is still wearing his high top Converse sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> Some still, things still never <laughs> never change. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so just to wrap this thing up, um, with our final point is rejoice in the victories that God allows us to be a part of. Oh, it is such a privilege. Uh, we were talking the other day and that ultrasound, we shared yeah. it on social media, ultrasound image of a little baby that was saved from abortion right here yeah. that that day that we were just uh yeah. we were talking about some things and I was just rejoicing in not just that a baby was saved. I don't say just to minimize that. Praise God, a baby was saved. But that the Lord lets us get to be a part of this. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So yeah. we should rejoice that the Lord is gracious to allow us to be a part of what He's doing. He does the baby saving. He does the changing of the hearts and all of that stuff. That's all His yeah. work. But He yeah. lets us be co-laborers with Him. And we need to rejoice over that. Not just rejoice... In our with ourselves, with our families, with our ministry partners, and all of that stuff, but rejoice with the moms that choose life. Like yeah. you were rejoicing yeah. with Kara over that yeah. decision, and over yeah. um, initially that decision for life, but even when she lost the baby, and ultimately she follows up with you three years later, what the Lord has done in her life. Yeah. How even in the midst of that tragedy, that God has done an amazing work in her heart for her to be able mm-hmm. to say that God used that to refine her yeah. is an amazing that statement. That is pretty amazing. That yeah. shows you that those seeds that had been planted truly had taken root. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys, we hope this has been a blessing to you guys as we shared through this story and shared some of the principles that um, that we employed and that we even learned in the midst of this story. We hope to be able to share more stories of hard cases to help equip you guys. We would certainly appreciate if you guys would reach out to us. Maybe there's some questions that you have about this story, some of the things that, that we shared here, uh, some clarifying questions that you have. 
maybe again, even some uh, episodes, some subjects you want us to cover, we'd certainly love to do that. We'd love to hear from you. So you can reach out to me at daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach out to her, vicky at lovelife.org. But until next time, God bless. Nothing's too precious since I met you.